0: You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Uh,. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every day, free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms. All right, everybody. We are back. Uh, no Tigers news. I think we've pretty much exhausted all of the... Uh, like free agency and people on the current roster stuff until we get past the postseason and we get closer to like uh, tender deadlines and re-signing deadlines and arbitration hearings and and free agency as a whole and all that good stuff. I think we've pretty much exhausted uh, all of those for for at least the next couple of episodes until we we start hearing some news out of those fronts. So today's just going to be a fun episode. We're just gonna have a little bit of fun. No, no real setup or rhyme or reason or anything. We're just gonna talk about Tiger's postseason pasts. I think that's a fun thing that everybody enjoys talking about. Everybody loves talking about. Uh, not like ranking them or anything, because that's I. I don't. I, I want to give all these people that all the all the great moments their due diligence and not say that one's better than the other other because. They're all Tigers playoff moments. They're all fantastic. But just talking about like the history of the Tigers in the playoffs, not not maybe not even specific moments. Sometimes just teams or whatever. Just just I'll, I'll, there's this is one of the this is this franchise has been around for well over a hundred years. Like this is very low key to the. Uh, to, to people outside of Detroit, one of the most storied franchises in sports. And there's just so many great playoff and, and postseason moments in the history of this fantastic franchise. And I just think, I, I just finished watching the uh, the Giants-Dodgers game. Flores did not swing, by the way. Uh, and, and it just, playoff baseball is my favorite thing on the planet, man. It's 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 incredible. It's immaculate. It's beautiful, and I, I just I, I I miss the days when the Tigers were consistently in or, or in it all. And I I just think that it'd just be cool to kind of kind of shoot the shoot the stuff and just kind of talk about uh, talk about Tigers playoff baseball. So that's what we're gonna do today. So I was born in 1998 just so that everyone is aware of, uh, of my, you know, wasn't around for 84, got born into some pretty horrible Tigers baseball. Uh, remember everything about 2006, everything. Uh, there's a legitimate argument that if the Detroit Tigers aren't absolutely putrid uh, during my, my youth, during my, my young childhood, that uh, I, I don't fall in love with the sport uh, as as quickly as I did or as hard as I did even. Um, the O three Tigers is my is my youngest baseball memory. I was uh, in like kindergarten, first grade. Um, so that uh, that that o three team, that one hundred and nineteen loss o three team that those are like my earliest baseball memories. I, I used to collect trading cards of, of all of them. I, I still have trading cards of pretty much the entire team from back then. Uh, if I was well behaved at the grocery store, I would, I, I would get a, get a pack of tops trading cards. So I uh, still have a lot of those. Dimitri Young, Meat Hook was my my, uh, my, my idol, him, Chris Shelton, uh, Nook Logan. Brandon Inge is my favorite athlete, any sport of all time. I have a plaque of Brandon Inge in my bedroom still to this day, like a real plaque. Uh, I'm I'm ridiculous. I know. Uh, I, I mean, those teams were were what you know catcher Brandon Inge, right? Those teams are uh, Mike Maroth, young young Fernando Rodney, like rookie Fernando Rodney. Um, Jamie Walker, the cat. Those those teams uh, uh, sh- shaped me. Those, those teams, but but the reason I say that is because tickets were so cheap, and there were always tickets that that summer. Um, my parents. I I mean, I I genuinely don't remember my first Tigers game. I don't have like a memory of like oh. Like, oh I, I remember my first time at Comerica or my first baseball game. Like I I, I don't. I, I don't have a memory like that. I I'm not even sure I have a set like earliest. Like, oh, this is my earliest baseball memory. It's just it's always been so prevalent and always been something that that I've I've been a part of and my my parents, big uh, Tigers fans, my mom especially was uh, like all-state baseball and softball player back uh, like back in high school, like very much where I get a lot of my uh, love for baseball growing up and my just inclusion in the game, right? So th- those 03 teams, 03, 04, 05, whatever, um, you know, Parents loved baseball we were always at the ballpark, and, and they had a kid, so I was always at the ballpark, right? Um, and so, 06 was like the first team that, uh, first sports team, period. Um, well, the Pistons, too. the, the and, and they were both, you know, they both came up at the same time, Um I was I was a little bit too young for like the late nineties, early two thousands Red Wings dominance, and they were still obviously like probably the best team in hockey. Just couldn't quite get the job done it in in the cup every single year. Um, but but like like I, I remember like the 0-4 Pistons right like I, like I remember that, but but the 6 Tigers was the first like like conscious like I watched from start to finish if I was not in school I was watching the Detroit Tigers as often as I could because for the first time in my life they were winning baseball games literally for the first time in I was I was what eight years old I think I was in like third ish grade is that how old you are when you're eight second grade third grade whatever um I was I was in the middle of my elementary school life and the Tigers had never been even remotely good. And so the 06 team was my first, like, you know, this is this is this is your team and this is a good team. And I I remember exactly where I was for Maglio. I, I was jumping up and down on my parents' bed because it was way past my bedtime, but I wasn't about to let them make me m- miss that. Uh so we were all up in uh on on my parents' bed jumping around, like my parents and I crying uh jumping around went after after the walk-off. Um just I, I remember everything about that year. Like it was yesterday. I was eight years old. I remember everything, man. That that the influence that had on this city, obviously me, but but it's not. This isn't about me. The influence this had on the city was was so massive. Detroit was was going through it, man. Was going through it in the early and mid two thousands, and Leland coming in and, and just immediately. And and Leland deserves a ton of credit, but that team was also built so intelligently, right? You have you have Dombrowski come over and take over this this horrible, horrible team with zero pieces of the future on it. And well, except Brandon Inch. Hell yeah. Um and uh and and you start signing people and you get that pudge signing, right? And you bring in 42-year-old Kenny Rogers or whatever he was. And, and Verlander flies through the system. Right? Verlander drafted obviously was the pick that we that we uh that pick was via the Owen the 03, 119 loss season, right? 04 draft. Just just flew through the system. And and, and the free agents brought in, the Maglio deal, the Carlos Guillen acquisition, Placido Polanco, and all these dudes were brought together in two off-seasons, basically. And, like, 05 was a was a big—we st- lost, what, 93 games, 95 maybe even games? and Somewhere around 90 games. 88, somewhere, somewhere between, like, 88 and 95 losses in 05. Like, we lost—like, we were still, like, not very good. But but that was a huge improvement over a over 119 losses, right? We were like, okay, like this is a respectable product. And then 06 happens. Curtis, right? Rookie Curtis Granderson replacing Nook Logan, who couldn't hit the ball further than six feet and still got popped for PEDs. Like that, that team. That team, man, and every that that whole—I mean, we steamrolled the American League, man. Steamrolled. Jeremy Bonderman made the New York Yankees his the the his son in an elimination game in the ALDS. I was at that game where we uh, where we eliminated the Yankees, the Jeremy Bonderman game. And actually, the game—the full game—is on YouTube. And if you look in the crowd behind home plate, right at the very, very top of the camera view, right where the the TV cuts off, my dad won these tickets at work. Um, Definitely, we're not just out of pocket paying for these. My dad won these at work. And uh, you can see my dad has the aisle, eight-year-old me in the middle, and then my mom. And uh, and you you can see us almost the entire game, like probably 70% of the game were in frame for like every pitch. And like Joel Zamaya, like people forget 06 rookie Joel Zamaya was just a dog, just like a sub two ERA, just killer. The before the guitar hero. Like and 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 you know, man, and Bondo just making the Yankees look like little leaguers for a day absolutely unreal everything about that team i i i mean i could list that that entire 25 man roster with my eyes closed just just off the top of my head i i that will forever be my favorite sports team of my entire life for forever and and that postseason was so magical running through the yankees sweeping the a's the maglio homer and I, and I we lost to a like an 83 win Cardinals team and five foot nothing, David Eckstein, the definition of a gritty player, just steamrolled us in the World Series and and it didn't it wasn't even really close to be honest. But it but it didn't. Obviously, it mattered. Like you want to win a World Series, but like it it was it that team will forever be part of of Detroit Tigers lore and and the history of this city without needing to uh to to have won the world series and finished the job. So that's like the first one. So many great moments. Like I said, the, the Maglia Homer, the Bonderman game, just Joel Zamaya in general was an absolute tank, and especially in the DS. Todd Jones getting Frank Thomas, who like had an unreal year at, at his old age, in 06 with the A's, Todd Jones getting that final out off, off the big hurt. Just, that that team was, was something else. And that's that whole postseason was full of awesome moments. And if you know anything about the history of the Tigers, you know that the Oakland A's will not will, will, will have plenty of appearances on this show, <laughs> on this episode. All right, let's get into some more cool moments. But first, got to talk to y'all about Bilt Bart did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors? You did, because you listen to me here talk about it all the time. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My favorite flavor is the orange with the cookies and cream right there as well. But if you don't know what your favorite flavor is, you can get the mixed box. Two of each of the nine flavors. It is absolutely fantastic. It's, uh, it's honestly kind of fun. So not only are Bill Bars the best tasting, but they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry, get that strawberry, get whatever you'd like. Go to built.com. use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. So let's get into some other cool moments, man. The the so I mean we we have to talk about game one sixty three. Brandon Inge got hit by the pitch. It's ridiculous. Um, that one like what could have been there, and and for as much as the AL Central gets clowned on these days rightfully so by the way horrible division um people forget the 2000s the AL Central was like a powerhouse in the 2000s 2006 you had like the the 97 or 98 win twins the 95 Win Tigers get second and the wild card, and then the White Sox won like ninety three games and were literally the reigning World Series champs and missed the playoffs even with a ninety three win season. And then like further, I mean, obviously further, you know, like that the Twins in the decade of the two thousands were were a that was a, a very good core. Prime Morneau, Prime Maurer, Prime Tory Hunter. Um, like johan Santana I mean those those teams were were fantastic teams uh you know the the twins curse in the postseason obviously but fantastic teams and um that along with obviously the white sox the middle of that decade were, were very very good we were really solid uh from 06 through 09 uh that that you know it's it's not like we we won the World Series and then we're horrible. We weren't a consistent playoff team by any stretch, but, um, you know, really respectable team. The Royals were kind of, uh, you know, doing, you know, the Granky, the when they had the, the early, young Granky era, kind of became a little bit more respectable, but weren't fantastic. But but we're not a, a horrible, horrible team for most of that decade anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then Cleveland is is Cleveland but you know that the 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 division and then you get into the 2010s and that division just turns into absolute garbaggio and the Tigers took that as an opportunity and ran with it and so many great playoff moments in uh in the 2010s so many so many great moments a, a lot of them against the Oakland Athletics I'll be honest, but but so many fantastic moments, man. Um, the Justin Verlander complete game against Oakland in an elimination game to win the series, fantastic. Max Scherzer coming out of the bullpen, loading the bases, and then getting out of it without giving up a run, absolutely incredible. I watch that video all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, the Verlander, the, 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 I call it the Kate Upton game, right? He's going out there in one of the biggest starts of his life up to that point. And all the rumors about him and Kate Upton breaking up. And so had the Coliseum, they had cutouts of like Kate Upton that they were holding in the bullpen while he was warming up for the game and stuff. And it's ridiculous nonsense. And he, man, playoff JV is, is something, Maybe not World Series, JV, but playoff JV's an animal. Absolute animal. JV's a dog. I miss him. I hope he comes back. So, like, you have all those. You have the, the infamous Don Kelly, sack fly, the walk-off sack fly to, uh, to right field. Who was in – was that Josh Reddick in right field for Oakland? Omar Infante scores. Don Kelly with the walk-off. Uh, in the ALDS, absolutely beautiful, Don Kelly man. Shout out to at Donnie Kelly baby on Twitter. Fantastic follow. But uh, the Donnie man, Donnie ball game. Sheesh, those those were the days, man. Those were the days. Miguel Cabrera just being Miguel Cabrera in general. In the postseason, was like, oh, sweet, we have like a two-time MVP, and no, he's he's still here in the playoffs. That's kind of cool. The Prince Fielder days. So many, so many, I mean, and then you have you have you know the rest of 2012, right? You have um the uh, Phil Coke getting the final out against the Yankees. By the way, you want to talk about playoff history of the Tigers. In the history of baseball, the Yankees and Tigers have been around for well over 100 years, both of them. The New York Yankees have never won a playoff series over your Detroit Tigers. Zero. Zero in franchise history. And yes, I know, the Yankees make the postseason way more. <laughs> it's not like we've only played them once. Okay? I don't care. It's like one of my favorite stats, and I'm not going to shut up about it just because some Yankees fan is like, oh, well, we make the playoffs every year, and you guys suck. So that's why. No. Cry about it. Zero playoff victories over the Detroit Tigers in Yankees franchise history. Absolutely beautiful stat. So you have you have the Phil Coke the the glove slam that you guys remember like some of the underrated moments are the fun ones. Like you remember how good Delman Young was in the playoffs for no reason? For no reason at all. The dude was like a like a high set mid to high 700s OPS player. Swung at everything. Swung at every first pitch. You I swear my buddy and I growing up uh, one of my best friends growing up, man, Patrick. We used to have a joke where, when uh, when he would like make pickoff attempts, when when the opposing pitcher could make a pickoff attempt to start off a young at bat, and he would throw the bat to first base and and try and make contact. This I I don't know if I ever saw him take a first pitch in, in my entire life, or at least his entire Tigers tenure. And then like he went to Baltimore in '14 and continued. His playoff reign of greatness. The dude was just cash in the playoffs, man. I, I remember all the jokes back in the day about, um, you know, bring back Delman Young, sit him in the regular season, and just play him in the playoffs. Like, that was real. Just for no reason at all, Delman Young was just Barry Bonds in the playoffs. So ridiculous especially against the Yankees in 13, man. That LCS, he snapped. I remember the home run. I remember being in my grandmother's living room, watching him go yard. I want to say it was off CC Sabathia. There's a record of everything. Some listener will, will call me out on that if that's wrong. But to left field, just over the wall in left field, inside the foul pole. And I remember just thinking, this dude is The best player of all time in the postseason, man. Unreal. Unreal. Austin Jackson defense in the postseason was so fun. Then, like, the the surgence of J.D. Martinez. Now, granted, his play in left field in 14 was not fantastic, but, you know, all the same. And then we don't need to talk about the 2012 World Series, I guess. Not a lot of great moments came out of that. Pablo Sandoval instantly becoming one of my least favorite athletes of all time. Sergio Romo, same. Not as fun. Definitely not as fun. But so many fun moments, man. And so many bad moments, too. Holy cow. David Ortiz. What was it Hernan Perez pinch hit double play for some reason? Brad Osmus. Was that Hernan Perez or, or Eugenio Suarez? I don't remember. It was one of them. Just made no sense. Alright, we're talking about the good memories, though. Alright, we'll get into some of uh some of the the older playoff teams and, and playoff memories in our final segment. But first, gotta talk to y'all. About BetOnline.ag, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline is your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code On. To receive your bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment three, our third and final segment of this playoff Tigers edition of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Make your second listen. Locked On MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan, please just call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the majors, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. All right. Final segment, we're going to talk about some of uh, some of the older teams, some of the pre-Scott Bentley being in the world teams. Uh, the 84 team is obviously, I, I think, probably where you have to start most of those conversations. Dominant. Dominant by by every single stretch and, and definition of the word. Uh, 104 wins. Steamrolled through the postseason. It, it was never even a remote thought that anyone else was winning the World Series that year. And they followed through on it. Li- I mean, at, literally at no point was it was it even a, a question they started off 35 and 5 dog like do you do, do you realize for my younger listeners that weren't around back then do do you realize how ridiculous that is 35 and 5 to start off a season They had, they not only led Wire to Wire, they had the best record in baseball the entire season. They had the best record in baseball for 184 calendar days. That was the entire year. Opening day to 162, September 30th was when that season ended. Redonkulous. Zero games under 500 because they started off on like a, a whatever 10, 12 game winning streak. Absolutely ridiculous. They swept Kansas City and the C. There was no ALDS back then. There was no divisional round because there's only four divisions. They they steamrolled through Kansas City. W- was an absolute slaughtering. Okay. Then they get to the World Series, play an obviously inferior Padres team. With all due respect, w- was not close. N- not a single soul on the planet Earth, outside of you know, some parts in California, I guess, was like, oh yeah, the Padres got this one. <laughs> and so many great moments out of that, too. We have we have an iconic trammel hom- homer. Uh and then one of the most iconic plays in, in the history of Detroit sports, the the he don't want to walk you Kirk Gibson homer off of Hall of Famer Goose Gossage, uh, it, all in, incredible. And and part of Detroit lore and something that you're if you're from this area, you're you're taught and exposed to at a very young age that that moment. I mean there are t-shirts and billboards to this day. Right, forty years later, that still say he don't want to walk you, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Like just so ingrained in the city, Sparky Anderson, man. So many great moments out of him in general. Um, R.I.P. Man, that's the dog, the Sparky. Sparky is was was something else. Um, so so just just so many fantastic moments, and people forget, man, that Padres team. That was a that was a, a young. Tony Gwynn, a really like Tony Gwynn's viewed as kind of as like a '90s dude, because that was the area you know he almost hit 400 in the '90s and and was you know in the MVP consideration like every but every year in the '90s and they made the World Series and lost to the Yankees in the '90s so so mo- everybody kind of remembers Gwynn as a '90s guy but he was like 23. Or 24 years old. It was like his second. It was his first full season, actually. Uh, I don't think he had even played a hundred games, if I remember right, up uh, until that '84 season. And he was phenomenal. Like he got MVP votes, was an All Star. Like like fantastic. Um, it wasn't like a surprise or anything, but because because he had been good before. But his first like full season was literally '84. Um. And uh, yeah bookended his career with world series losses uh the the 84 to the tigers and then as a as a very old pushing 40 year old veteran lost again to the yankees obviously and uh in what was that 99 one of those three peats was to the padres 98 um so that i mean that you know as much as I, I say that the Tigers were clearly inferior and there were, or superior and there was no chance that they were going to lose, uh, it was not a slouch of a team either and, and blessed so many great moments. And I, I think the one that I want to end on is 68. Because 68, I, I mean, that's that's – 30 years removed from my existence in the planet and that that ma- that team and series makes me emotional still. That is without a doubt, one of the most influential and important sports teams in the history of the United States. And that sounds like a wild exaggeration or like I'm being dramatic. And I know, and I can be both of those things. But that was right in the heat of all the, the bleep storm that was going on in Detroit. The, the the race riots, absolute mayhem in the city. I mean, there there's stories of Willie Horton still fully dressed in his Detroit Tigers uniform, standing on top of of crashed trucks in the middle of a four-way intersection in downtown Detroit, like breaking up fights and and navigating traffic and trying to stop stuff. Like multiple times, like, like, like multiple instances and accounts of this happening. Of people on the team, literally still in their uniforms, leaving the ballpark and immediately going outside of Tiger Stadium and and trying to to help the the city and the what what a winner meant to that city at that time is is so so much. So much, so so such a significance off the field, but again, such crazy significance on the field, and so many moments that outside of Detroit, the, the baseball does not give nearly enough credit to the 1968 Tigers. And there are so many gr- great moments in that too, an iconic Willie Horton home run, uh, Al Kaline moments again and again. Had a fantastic postseason World Series. But I think the person that gets easily disrespected the most on that 68 team, it's not even close, is Mickey Lowlich. But people talk about Bob Gibson, and and this is no Bob Gibson is. is Most people probably have him on Mount Rushmore of pitchers. One of the the greatest pitchers to ever step foot on a baseball field. And also, in his own right, so unbelievably important and influential on the game of baseball. Okay, so this is in no way slander toward Bob Gibson. But everybody talks about Bob Gibson's 1968 World Series performance. They lost the World Series, dog. He pitched Game 7. Bob Gibson pitched Game 7 of the World Series, and they lost. And all anybody talks about is Bob Gibson, 1968. Literally pitched the Game 7, the elimination game, and they lost. And we scored five runs. Four or five, something like that. Again, fantastic pitcher, and obviously had a fantastic. He made three starts. Okay, like I get it. One, two of them, absolutely fantastic. Mickey Lolich made three starts and went three and zero. Now, granted, he wasn't going up against Bob Gibson until the third, right? I know he went up against Washburn, and no, he didn't actually. I think he went up against Horner for both of. The fur? Oh no, he went. He went up for. He would have gone up against Horner in Game Five. I don't remember who he would have faced in Game Three. Regardless, Mickey Lolich went three and zero in the World Series. Went toe to toe with Bob Gibson in Game Seven and won. And all anybody talks about is Bob Gibson and making 3 starts in the World Series and how fantastic he was. Bob Gibson, 2-1 in the 68 World Series, Mickey Lolich 3-0 oh in the 68 World Series and started game 7. Also, started game 7 probably doesn't do it justice because he had a complete game one run performance. Their ERAs that postseason were the exact same 167 Bob Gibson gave up four runs also pitched a complete game had eight Ks Bob Gibson's a bad bad dude deserves all the credit in the world but Mickey Lolich went 3 and0 and pitched against him in game seven and came out on top and nobody outside of Detroit gives it even the remote time of day no one cares so disrespectful. So disrespectful. So that's, uh, I think that's about all I got. I'm way over time here as is. I think that's about all I got. I hope this was fun to listen to. If it wasn't, I promise we'll get into more like actual, like Tigers uh, present day relevant stuff here when, when news starts coming out. But just watching playoff baseball just makes me miss so many great moments. And I I just wanted to vocalize uh some of those incredible moments and, and those who had come before us and, and how important and influential they are on on all of our fandom. So uh yeah. Go tigers, baby. Um I think that's all I got for you. I don't think I have like a closing an outro or anything. So peace and love. Go to Therapy's dope, and I will catch y'all on Monday. Go Tigers, baby.